When Lisa and I began dating, um, she was just a senior in high school, and you know, by the time she graduated, and then she went through her first year of community college in our local hometown. We were deeply in love at that point. We knew we wanted to spend the rest of our lives together. There was one problem, though, and that was she wanted to be a Christian psychologist, and so she was going to have to go off to college in Ohio. Now, we were both living in Maryland at the time, so that created a, a real dilemma. How were we going to continue our, our relationship you know, at this long distance without being able to see one another? And keep in mind, this is the days before the internet, so there isn't any such thing as email. Uh, there was no such thing as text messaging back and forth, because even though we both had cell phones, that was still the day and the time when you made a long-distance call on a cell phone, you got charged for a long-distance call on a, on a cell phone. And so, you know, we couldn't afford it. We were young. We didn't have any money. And so, you know, I think it was every Sunday, maybe, we called each other and talked to each other on the phone. But for the most part, how we communicated was the old-fashioned way, through letters. And also keep in mind, yes, computers were out, word processing was out at that point, but not to the point that we were able to use it. And so these were actually handwritten letters that we were sending back and forth to one another. And I remember every single day, I, in eager anticipation, I would watch for the mailman to come, and I would run out to the mailbox then to see if there was a letter from Lisa. And if there was a letter from her, I would open it up really quickly, and I'd read through it as fast as I possibly could. I wanted to, to like get the gist of what it was that she was trying to communicate with me and, and get all the stuff. And then after I'd go through it originally, then I would go back and I would slow down and I would read it more carefully over and over and over again. I would read each letter looking for like details, like why did she use this word and not that word? and seeing if there was any hidden meanings that I could possibly find in the letter. And then I would wait again until the next letter came to me. Now, I bring all that up because today we're continuing our series called Follow Me. Last week, I shared with you that really the, the big point of all of life is that Jesus wants to have a close, personal relationship with you. And the problem I find with many followers of Jesus today is they're like, I want to have a close personal relationship with Jesus, but I find it difficult because I can't see him. And, you know, he's not like right here with me. But what I want to share with you is that what Lisa and I discovered, and she didn't actually stay at that college uh, very long. She actually came. I would say it was because of me that she actually didn't stay there. But there were some other reasons that she decided not to stay there and come back. But um, what we actually discovered while she was gone was that our love for one another actually wasn't just maintained, but it actually grew in the time that the only way we could communicate back and forth was through letters. And I want to say the same thing to all of you here today, that I don't care who you are, I don't care how long you've been a, a Christian, I don't care how much you may have struggled in the past with your Christianity, God wants to not only maintain a relationship with you, He wants to grow a relationship with you through the ultimate love letter. And it's called the Bible. God has given us His Word so that we can communicate with Him, so that we can know who He is, so that we can see just how much He loves us, how much He cares for us. Again, when you get into God's Word, not only will it maintain your relationship with Jesus, you can actually grow your relationship with Him, even though you can't see Him, even though He is at a great distance. All right, so with all that said, 
usually we like jump all around throughout Scripture, but today we're going to do something just a, a little bit different because I'm going to cover a lot of different Scriptures. So for those of you that are watching there at home, welcome. Uh, in the upper right-hand corner of your screen right now, you see a little button there. It's called Talk Notes. If you'll push that, that's going to give you all the Scriptures I'm going to talk about today, as well as all the points that I'll be making in the fill-in-the-blanks. Welcome to those of you that are live here in the room as well. If you pull out your smartphone, go to our website, exponential.church. You're able to go to our digital bulletin. You can get all the talk notes as well with the scriptures and, and all the points. The, the first scripture I want to look at, and we're actually going to look at a couple from this, is found in Psalm 119. Now, Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the entire Bible. Okay? Longest chapter. And it's really David's ode to God saying how much he loves God and it's about his passion for the word of God. He, he's literally writing what becomes scripture about the scripture that he had up to that point. And so let's, let's uh, look at this. We get some of the most famous Bible verses in all of scripture right from this one particular chapter. So Psalm 119.11, we read this. I've hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. Look at verse 18. Open my eyes that I might see wondrous things in your word. Verse 103. Your word is sweeter to me than honey in my mouth. Verse 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I'll give you one more. Psalm 119, 114. You are my refuge and my shield. I put my hope in your word. In total, Psalm 119 is 176 verses long. They're going, why in the world would it be that long? Well, let me explain it to you. It's actually broken up into 22 different sections. Each section is eight verses long. Now that number 22 has some significance to it. 22 is how many letters are in the Hebrew alphabet. And what you see, if you were able to read Hebrew, is that each one of those sections, the very first word of the section, begins with a different letter of the Hebrew alphabet. If I had to put it into English, what David's trying to do here is he's saying, look, let me tell you how much I love God's Word, and I'm going to cover it all the way from A to Z. That's basically what he's doing here. And so what I would encourage you to do is read all Psalm 119 for yourself at some point. Because not only is it going to inspire you to want to get into God's Word, but it's going to motivate you to have an even more passion for the Word of God as well. And again, that's really what it's all about, because this is God's Word to us. It's His love letter to us. If you want to spend time with Jesus, you have got to be in the Word of God. They're saying, well, what, what does being in the Word have to do with, with Jesus? Jesus was like this historical figure, this person, and I want to I be with him. I want him physically to be here. Let me explain it to you why every time you open this up, you're actually in the presence of Jesus. Look at John chapter 1, verse 1, and then we're going to skip down to verse 14. John writes this, in the beginning was the what? What does he say? In the beginning was the, the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, skipping down to verse 14, and the Word became flesh and made His dwelling amongst us. 
Every time you see in Scripture the word, word, capital W-O-R-D, it's actually referring to Jesus. Let's go back and, and look at this again here. And what I want you to do, and those of you at home, I want you to participate as well. It should still be on the screen there for you. Every time you see those two words, the word, we're going to actually say Jesus instead. So ready? Let's do it together. In the beginning was, and Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God, and Jesus became flesh and made his dwelling amongst us. Jesus is the word. Now, I know many of you go, man, I've tried to get into the word before, but I just don't understand it, or it's it seems boring to me. I just, I just, I don't know, Gilbert. I, I just don't know what to do. It just seems like this set of rules and regulations and rituals that I need to follow. You ever been there before? That, that you try to get in and it just doesn't seem to be speaking to you? Or maybe, you know, the only time you ever pull it out, you, you treat the Word of God like it's an owner's manual for life. And you're like, I'm going to figure this out on my own. But I guess if I get stuck, then I'll, I'll pull the owner's manual out and, and look it up. So many Christians end up doing that. And it gets them into trouble. But again, this is God's love letter to us. This is being in the presence of Jesus every single time that you sit down and you read it. So Jesus is the Word. After Jesus' death, His burial, His resurrection, and then right before His ascension, He said, look, I am going to send My Spirit now to come and live inside of you. And we have His Word that's left, His love letter that's left. So between the, the Spirit of God and, and the Word of God, we can spend time with Jesus every single time we open up this book. And what the Holy Spirit does is helps to make the words come alive for us. To change us and the, to grow us. Remember, I said that for Lisa, our, our love, it wasn't just maintained. Our love actually grew the more we sent these letters back and forth to one another. And that's what God has done for you. He's given you this so that you can grow in your faith. That this book will come alive to you if you realize what it is that you have here in your hands. Look at Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. We read this, For the Word of God is what? The Word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. It cuts all the way through to where soul and spirit meet, to where joints and marrow come together. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Look, a lot of great books have been written throughout history. And I encourage you to read as much as you can. Not just God's Word, but read other things as well. But what you need to realize is this isn't just a self-help book. This isn't just a, a book for inspiration. This is a book where you get to spend time with Jesus. Every single time you open it up, you are spending time with Jesus. And it is alive. It's active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. This book has the power to transform and change your life. This is the author here says, man, it cuts through the, the parts. It exposes your thoughts, exposes your attitudes, just in the same way that Jesus would. If Jesus were literally here and you were talking to Jesus, it wouldn't just all be, you know, puppy dogs and rainbows. There'd be sometimes that Jesus would speak hard truths into your life. 
That's what happens every time you open up the Word of God. Here's another way to think about it. How many of you had to take like high school or maybe even college chemistry? Did you have to do that? Those of you online, did you have to take a chemistry class at some point? And you remember if you were in chemistry, you, you had different like uh, elements that you could combine together into like a beaker. You know, maybe it was a couple solutions of, of various things and or, you know, whatever it was. Whatever the materials were, you had this glass beaker and you would combine it in together and it would create a reaction of some sort. And what I'm trying to get you to see today is this, that the Spirit of God that lives in you and the Word of God that is for you, when you take those two things and you combine them together in the beaker called your life, your body, your heart, your mind, your soul, when all those things, the Spirit and the Word come in you, there's a reaction that happens, a transformation that happens that changes you and who it is that God would want you to be. This Word is alive and it's active. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, Paul writes to Timothy, he says, every scripture, every scripture passage is inspired by God. All of them are useful for teaching, pointing out errors, correcting people, and training them for a life that has God's approval. They equip God's servants so that they are completely prepared to do good things. See, the more you get into God's word, the more you're going to start to become like Jesus. And the more you become like Jesus, the more that means that your thoughts and your beliefs and your attitudes and your motivations, your heart and your habits and your relationships, everything is going to become more and more like Him. And the more and more you become like Him, not only is it going to change you, but it's going to change every single person you come in contact with. You ever notice that? That when Jesus was walking the earth, every person he came in contact with, something changed about their life. And so when you spend time with Jesus in his word, your life is going to change. But because your life is changing, you're becoming more like Jesus, which remember, this whole series, follow me. The, the goal isn't just to follow Jesus. The goal is to become like Jesus. The more you become like Jesus, the more every single person you come in contact with, their life is going to change as well. You're going, okay, Gilbert, you, you convince me. I need to be in God's word more. But how do I do it? Well, what are the things that I should be doing every time I get into to God's word? Well, let me suggest three things for you here today. So if you're taking notes, here's the first thing. Number one, I must binge the Bible. I must binge the Bible. How many of you have gotten into binge-watching TV shows? Those of you in chat, do you binge-watch some TV shows? Yeah, lots of hands. This is like the greatest thing that has happened to TV since it became color TV. This is so cool because think about it. You know, back in the, the old days, right? Like when we were growing up, many of us, we only had three channels to watch. If you wanted to watch a, a series on TV, usually a, a whole season was 24 episodes long. Well, you could only watch one episode when it came out each and every week. And some of you, I'm looking around, you're young enough, there was a time when if you didn't see it on Thursday or Monday or whenever when it was on, there wasn't such thing as a, a, a VCR or, or a, you know, to to uh, Devo or TiVo. Yeah, that's what it was called, TiVo, you know, uh, those, those types of things. 
You actually had to watch it when it was on. Now, I don't know about you guys, but from episode one of a season to episode 24 of a season, that's six months. There's a lot of things that happened all the way back in episode one, some details that I've forgotten six months later because my life is busy. I've got a real life outside of watching TV. But yet you miss some of the nuance and the, the details because it was spread out over so long. But then, all of a sudden, now we can watch everything online. Or we can record everything. And we can watch it all at once, like in a, a long weekend or a week or two at the most. You can watch an entire 24-episode season in a very short amount of time. And what happens is now, all of a sudden, you get so much more out of watching it because all the story, it's so condensed together that you remember all the details and all the characters and everything that's happening. And you go, oh, I see how here in episode 20, that ties back into episode five. Well, that's because it wasn't now 15 weeks ago. It was just like 15 hours ago. And so what I want to encourage you is to, to do the exact same thing with God's Word. Binge the Bible. Sit down and read as much of it as you can in one sitting. And then just keep doing that every single day. Just, just keep binging it. You're going, Gilbert, come on, man. Sit and read more of the Bible. I don't have time for that. And here's what I got to say to that. Liar, liar, pants on fire. Because many of you just raised your hand and said, I binge watch TV. If you've got time to sit and watch all these episodes of a TV program, you've got time to sit and binge God's Word. Look, your relationship with Jesus is way, way more important than Ted Lasso or Loki, okay? So get into God's Word. Binge it. Let me give you a tip for how to do this. So many people, when they're like, okay, I'm convinced I need to read the Bible, they look at this and they call this a book, right? But remember, the, the word Bible actually is tabiblia, and it means, literally that word means the books. So this isn't a book, it is a collection of 66 books. But yet most people, they see it and they're like, oh, it's a book, and so like most books, you start at the beginning and you start trying to go through from left to right. That works great as long as you're still in the book of Genesis. Genesis is great. You don't need TV if you're in Genesis. It's got everything. But then you get into Exodus, and it starts to slow down a little bit. They wandered 40 years in the desert, and you're like, this is going to take me 40 years to read through this. And then you get into Leviticus, and Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And you're like, okay, I don't understand this. I give up. We didn't even get to the good stuff. Remember, this isn't a book. This is a collection of books. So what I want to recommend for you to do, here's the tip for you. Start in the New Testament, which is about two-thirds of the way through the, through the bigger book here. Start in the New Testament with the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Those are the ones that tell the story of Jesus, his life and his death, his ministry, his resurrection, the, the whole nine yards. That, that's about Jesus there. 
And so binge the four Gospels. Read through the four Gospels as quickly as you possibly can. And here's what you're going to notice. When you're that quickly spending that much time with Jesus, you're going to see things about Jesus' life and his ministry that you've never seen before. Because if you're only reading like a couple verses a day, well, by the time you get to you know, the end of a, one of the books or even all four of the Gospels, you don't remember you know, what happened in Matthew chapter 2 and how it may relate to what's happening in, in John 10, let's say. But if you binge it all together, you start to see things that you've never seen before. And here's what's so cool about binging through the Gospels. When you binge watch a TV show, that means that you're really into it. And you know what I do after I binge watch TV shows? Like the very first thing is, oh, I'm so sad it's over. And I Google, when does the next season of blank start? And what's going to happen when you binge through the Gospels, you're going to go, I need to know more about this Jesus because this is so cool. I need, to, I need to spend more time with him. Hey, how do I do that? Well, now you're going to have a hunger. You're going to crave more and more of Scripture. So you're like, okay, I'm going to start reading through the, the, the rest of the New Testament. And then as you read through the rest of the New Testament, you're going to be hungry for even more. And you're going to go, hmm, I wonder why all this even had to happen. That's when you get in the Old Testament and you start to see, okay, here's why Jesus had to come. Here's the prophecies about him coming. Here's how much of a mess the nation of Israel was in and why they needed a Messiah to come and save them, not only from what they were doing, but a Messiah to save all of us from our sins. So again, I want to encourage you, binge through Scripture. Binge especially through the Gospels. So that's number one. Number two, I must consume a bit of God's Word every day. Consume a bit of God's Word every single day. Let me ask you a question. How many of you like to go to the Red Lobster? Maybe not so much necessarily because of all the, the crab legs and the lobster, but for the, the cheddar, the, the, the bay cheddar biscuits. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, lots of hands going up for that one. How about the Olive Garden? How many of you like to go to the Olive Garden because of the breadsticks that they got at the Olive Garden? You know what I'm talking about? All right. How many of you like to go out to the Outback and they get that hot, fresh bread and they put that, uh, that butter cinnamon-like thing on? Oh, man, that is so good. You know what I'm talking about? You like that? So good. Fresh, hot bread. Well, here's what Jesus said. He said that his word is our daily bread. Now, as good as what the Red Lobster and, and the Olive Garden and, and, and the uh, Outback's breads are, just as good as they are, just as bad, have you ever like taken some of it home in one of those little styrofoam things because you had some leftovers, but then you let it sit for too long and now it's stale and it's dry and maybe even it's gotten moldy? Ugh, you don't want that. But here's my fear. I think that there's way too many of you that you rely on me on Sundays for the hot, fresh bread. Come on, Gilbert, give us the bread. Give it right out, hot, we, we need it. And you're like, man, that was good. Some of you, even out in the lobbies, you, you say to me, you're like, man, I, I wish we'd have gotten more. 
Well, my fear is you're relying on what I give you for all week long. And basically, that becomes stale. It becomes hard. It becomes moldy. And that's your faith then. That as the week goes on, Wednesday turns into Thursday to Friday to Saturday, you're like, eh, my faith is a little stale right now. It's a little, it's a little hard. It's a little moldy. And what I'm saying to you is, man, it's great to come here to the Olive Garden, to come here to Exponential to the Red Lobster, to come here to Exponential for the Outback, to, to get that hot, fresh bread, something you don't normally get at home. But guess what? At home, you got to get the Wonder Bread out. Or even if it's the generic stuff from Giant or whatever, you've got to have that at home. You have to have that daily bread that you're eating for yourself. You can't rely on me. You need to learn how to feed yourself and, and not just feed yourself, but feed yourself every single day. Do you remember what happened with the, the children of Israel when they were they are out in the desert? This is before they go into the promised land. They're out in the desert. They're wandering around. And, and God, every single day, he gives them manna from heaven. And he says, that's all you get for the day. Don't collect it. Don't store it. Every day, I will give you fresh daily bread. And that's what you need for your life. You can't store up what I've given you on Sundays. You've got to every day get into God's Word and get the fresh bread that He has for you for that day. So you've got to consume just a bit of it. So yeah, you, you do the binge like I talked about, and you, you read all the way through, through Scripture, you know, just to get, the, get your hunger going. And now you slow down. You start to read it and you start to study it. Remember how I said with Lisa that when I, I would open up those love letters, I would like rip it open and I would like read through it as quickly as I could. I wanted to get the entire gist of what she was saying. That's binging. But then I would go back and I would read her letters over and over and over again. I was looking for more detail. I was looking, why did she use that word? Why didn't she use that word? What is she trying to say here by this? And that's what we do with God's Word. Every single day, we get into it. We read it and we study it for ourselves. If you want to have a better marriage, if you want to have better children that you're raising, a better future, if you want to get out of the financial mess that you're in, every day you need to be in here because this is Jesus speaking to you about how to, how to do these things. I mean, what this book does is it gives you principles for every single area of life that you're going to encounter. You need light about anything. God's Word will cover it for you. So here's my tip. If you haven't yet done this, on your smartphone, download the YouVersion app. Y-O-U. YouVersion app. It's also called the Bible app. And what you're going to find on the Bible app is literally thousands and thousands and thousands of reading plans. There's reading plans for just reading through the Gospels. There's reading plans for, hey, I want to read the entire New Testament in six months, or I want to read the entire New Testament in a year or two years, or I want to read the entire Bible in a month or six months or a year or five years. There's reading plans for everything. And in addition to the reading plans for just Scripture, there's also reading plans that are devotional types of things that'll help you think through some of these Scriptures. And one of the reasons I like version is you're able to go into the app itself 
and say, all right, every morning at, you know, whatever time, 7 a.m., 8 a.m., 9 a.m., whatever time you choose, remind me, you know, have a notification, go off on my phone. You look down, it's like, read the Bible. Oh, okay. And you just push it, and there's your next reading for the day. But you got to do this. Again, you cannot rely on me. You've got to be in God's Word. You need to consume a bit of it every single day. And then last, number three, I must let the Word consume me. So we talked about we need to consume God's Word. We consume it by binging it. We consume a little bit of it every day. But now we're going to let God's Word consume me. Remember, Jesus is the Word. And when you follow Him, it's not just about following. It's about becoming. Becoming more and more like Him every single day. And so you have got to allow Him and His Spirit and His Word to change you and to come in and consume every part of who you are and every part of what you're doing. Jesus says this in John 15, 7, Stay joined to me and let my teachings become part of you. What Jesus is saying is, look, don't just invite me and don't just invite my word in your life when you need something. Or don't just invite us in for an occasional visit. He says, no, permanently ask us to come into your life. Permanently make us a part of your life to to live inside of you. And just like those home makeover shows, you ever watch these home makeover shows, you know, Chip and Joanne and then like the Property Brothers, all those guys, that they take these like old dilapidated houses, right? And they go in and they do this work and all of a sudden it's amazing. And what Jesus is saying is, look, through me, through the Spirit, through the Father, through the Word, if you'll have us in you, we'll take the old dilapidated you and we'll turn you into something absolutely amazing. Something you could only ever dream about. Or if you know you don't want to think of it as that your body is a, a home or, or a place to be renovated, think of it this way. Think of God's Word as a seed. That what Jesus is saying is, plant this seed into your heart. Plant this seed into your mind. Here's the deal. If you're a farmer, you could have a million seeds, but that doesn't mean anything unless you actually plant those seeds. Does that make sense? It's not about just having the seed. It's that the seed now needs to be planted. Here's the thing. When it comes to your heart and your mind, it's like a garden but it's a very small area. It's a very small area to be planning something into because you have Satan and you have other people in the world that they're trying to plant some seeds in your heart and mind as well. Seeds of doubt, seeds of lust, seeds of insecurity, seeds of pride, of greed, of anger. You know what I'm saying? Other people are trying to plant things into your heart and mind. And so that's why you got to be very, very intentional about every single day. No, 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 no. I'm coming in and I'm planting God's word in because not only is God's word a seed, God's word is a weed killer. All these other people, they're trying to plant things into you. But every time you get into here, God's going to 
say, nope, 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 nope. We're taking care of all these other things that are going on that people are trying to do. And so you plant this deep inside of you. And so this is the seed. And then the next day when you read it, it's going to water what just got planted. And the next day that you get in, it's going to fertilize what just got planted. Ultimately, it's God's job to bring the harvest. But your job is to make sure that the seed has been planted and that the garden is well taken care of. So you've got to guard your heart. You've got to guard your mind against all the things that people are trying to do. Because Jesus said at one point, you know what the weeds are going to do? The weeds are going to come in and choke out all the good stuff. You seen that in your garden before? You can have good stuff growing, but if the weeds get in there, it chokes the life out of all of it. It kills it all. That's what Satan's trying to do to you. So you got to be very, very proactive. Again, you can't rely on me on Sundays to be the only time you're in God's Word. You've got to spend time with Jesus every day. Get in His Word and allow it to transform you and to change you. And the series is called Follow Me. It's all about what does it mean to truly follow after Jesus? Well, if He wants to have a close personal relationship with you and He says that I am the Word, And that means spend time in here. Because every time you spend time in here, you're spending time with Jesus. And the more you spend time with Jesus, the more you're going to become like Jesus. You're going, Gilbert, how do I know that I'm becoming like Jesus? Well, it's very simple. He said, here is the fruit that's going to rise up when you've planted the seed of my word in your heart and your mind. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, Paul says this. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I've talked about this before. This is often called the fruit of the Spirit, but it's the fruit of the Spirit, not the fruits of the Spirit. In other words, this is not something you work on. This isn't something that you're going, I'm going to try to become more loving. I'm going to try to become more peaceful. I'm going to try to become more patient, more joyful. It's not things that you work on. Not that you shouldn't try to work on those things. But this is when you're truly in a relationship with Jesus. He's going to transform you. And this is the natural fruit that will come out of your life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's how you know that you're spending time with Jesus. That people start to look at your life and go, something's different about you. You have changed. You're more loving. You're more joyful. You're more peaceful, patient. Right on down the list. So to follow Jesus, to have that close personal relationship with him, he's given us the ultimate love letter. So get into it. Binge it. Binge through those gospels. Consume it a little bit every day. And then let his word consume you. Heart, mind, body, and soul. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you that you have not let us alone. You have sent your spirit to live inside of us. And you've given us your word to lead and guide and and to direct us. Not just so we can maintain a relationship with you, but we can actually grow in a relationship with you. 
And so, Lord, we, we just thank you so much that your word is God-breathed. It's God-inspired. And every single time we open up those pages, it's you speaking directly to us. And so, Lord, help us just to, to read through your word and the parts that we understand, help us to apply it. And if we don't understand it, that's fine. Help us to then seek somebody else out to, to help us to, to understand it. Or maybe we're in a season of life where we're not right, quite ready to understand that because there's something else that you want us to understand first and apply to our lives. And Lord, our, our job is just to be faithful. Faithful to, to have that date with you every single day to maintain that relationship, to, to just want to spend time with you. We know that if we're faithful, then you'll be fruitful, that you'll change and transform us, that that, that reaction will happen, that the old us, that, that dilapidated us will be transformed into something brand new, something glorious something that other people will be able to see and go, wow, whatever you have, whatever you've done, I, I want that for my life. And Lord, help us to have the boldness then and the courage to then say, you know what? It's just because of Jesus. It's because of my relationship with him. I spend time with him every single day and he's transformed me into the person that I am now. Father, again, thank you so much that you did give us your spirit, you did give us the word so that we don't have to be alone, that we can grow in a relationship with you each and every day. Thank you again for that. And I pray all this in Jesus' name, amen.